Welcome back to Cricket Central, the podcast where we discuss all the stories, big and small, for our day four recap uh, of the first test between Australia and West Indies, live from Perth. Uh, Australia begun the day on one for 29, um, and uh, the first session was, well, all the Australians and all the story of Marnus Labashain again, bringing up uh, another century and becoming just the eighth person uh, to score a double century and a century in the same test, uh, only the third Australian. So, I mean, we seem to be talking about Marnus a lot, but he, he just kept, keeps doing it. After that, uh, Australia declared, um, and the second session was really almost a repeat of the uh, first um, innings of West Indies. The two openers being very stolid in defence, hanging around, um, depriving Australia of any any wicket chances, um, and they got through that session uh, unscathed, I think. Um, uh, and it, it set up a quite an interesting final session. They were none for 84 at T, uh, and in the final session, it was the story of Craig Brathwaite um, scoring his first century um, against Australia, and really a very impressive knock in the end. Um, uh, Tangerine, uh, sorry, Tangerine Chanderpool fell for 45 to Stark. Shama Brooks, uh, Court Smith bowled line for 11. And then just before the end of the day, Jermaine Backwood gone for 24, which gives, uh, puts West Indy on three for 192. So still 306 runs behind, but uh, a bit of happiness for the, the West Indies uh, with that century. Pearson, how did you see the day's play? Yeah, I mean, I admit I don't have too much to talk about now because you've covered it pretty well in terms of <laughs> analogising the entire day. I'd say most of that was pretty bang on. I thought there's an argument that that's possibly the Windy's best day of this test thus far, but unfortunately they started it so far behind that I don't think it will be any sort of a contest. I certainly am pleased to see they've at least put a bit of fight in. 192 for three is a good spot to be in at the end of a fourth innings run chase. So I'll give them that. I don't think it will prove particularly close. I think they'll come at least 100 runs short in the end, probably more. But no, I thought there was at least a bit of fight there. I thought some of the best bit of bowling I've seen all tests came through today from the West Indies with Altsari Joseph and even a spell by Thinkima Roach just after that. And then, of course, we had the Craig Brathwaite 100 was a feat of accomplished batting. So, no, it's it's definitely been a better and at least more balanced watch than some of the previous ones. But, yeah, I, th- I think the game is now out of the West Indies' reach. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty pretty clear. But um, as you say, there were some good moments for them, in particular that spell of Joseph um, to Manus Labashain, where he was, you know, a couple of edges and looked very unsettled for a while there. The question I have is why we this is the first we've seen of that. Um, really, uh, him in particular in the first innings looked very placid, really. Um, do you think he's sort of, I don't know, worked out uh, what he needs to do a bit more on Australian pitches now and we could see a bit more um, in the next test? Honestly, not really. I think like a lot of West Indian bowlers of late, he's just a bit inconsistent. When he gets it right, he is a very impressive bowler. He bowls 140 plus quite regularly. He can hit a hard length and trouble a batsman. But I think as we saw 
pretty much all test bar a couple spells like the one we're bringing up here. He just didn't have the consistency to do so. Of what I've seen of what is a somewhat fledgling test career to date, he just doesn't really have a consistent line and length that he's able to stick to. He can be dangerous, but he's a touch erratic, which is why he always trails, particularly in economy, to more experienced campaigners like a Kima Roach or a Jason Holder. If he could hit that more consistently, yes, I think he'd be very useful. We've seen Labuschagne struggle at times against that short ball. I know he went out a few times cheaply to Mark Wood in last year's Ashes. That became a talking point. Became a talking point with Alsari Joseph again today. So maybe there is something to this. Maybe there's a fallibility that could be exploited. But for the moment, I'm not convinced Alsari Joseph has the ability and the temperament to hang it on that back of a length line six balls and over for a day straight but maybe you never know if he can it'll make for an interesting second test yeah i think the thing is to be successful in in test cricket as a bowler you've either got to be very consistent or have expressed pace and unfortunately joseph really most of the time doesn't really have either of those yeah, things I, I, I think you would have to no. say um <laughs> But uh, uh, really, we do have to speak about Manus, though, because when he got through that spell of Azari Joseph, he did go on to score a century. Um, and it was another one of those innings which are becoming, to, becoming uh, quite characteristic of Manus, where he just seems to have everything fall his way. Uh, he had 29 edges, 16 plays and misses, seven expected dismissals. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they, they work that out, but um, that was the stats. So... Uh, and actually, there, there was a, another study. It really is becoming a pattern for him, this luck, I guess you would have to call it. Labashain's been dropped 16 times uh, since he came back into the test team in 2019, compared to 20 catches, um, which is a conversion rate of 55.5%, uh, which is the second lowest conversion rate of, of like uh, chances to catches. Um, with the lowest being Dimuth Karunaratna for Sri Lanka, interestingly. But um, so really, what what do you call this? Is this just Manus getting lucky or, or does it actually show something about him as a batsman? Well, I mean, there's always I th it always annoys me slightly, these things, because I do actually agree. I think he's an incredibly lucky cricketer at times. So is Ben Stokes. I remember not too long ago, it was always those two that led the dropped per take and catch stats or whatever they were so yes he does get dropped a lot but you have to give him credit he makes teams pay when they drop him is he got a bit lucky today he got a bit lucky in the first innings he did hit 200 and now an unbeaten tough so he does know what he's doing it's very impressive batting yes if teams took their catches but you can always say that some players it just happens for more than others you'd imagine as the people that know more maths than I do could probably argue, there will be some degree of transgression to the mean at some point. And when that happens, maybe the average will drop, maybe it won't. We thought that was happening across this year prior to his ton in Sri Lanka. He'd had a far more average run of form. I remember seeing a few controversial tweets saying a few bad tests and he could be on the chopping block. That looks a long way away now, but... Yes, luck is always involved, but he's a, also just a supremely good batsman. So I think most of the credit has to go to him, irrespective of the few chances he has given up. Yeah, and I guess the, the thing that 
is always said when it when it comes to drop catches is the the batsman he puts pressure on the fielding side with Harry bats. I don't know if there's really any truth to that, but I I know that's probably what Manus. Would, I get would it say. with running between the wickets. I don't get it with just general stroke yeah. play. Well, I think someone like a Warner puts pressure on fielding sides because he runs so aggressively. Labuschagne just kind of talks to himself and plays fidgety shots. And I don't know what, how that's putting pressure other than the fact he's just a well-known cricketer. But who knows? He scores run, so he can get away with it. Yeah, well, re- regardless, Australia did finally declare uh, and set the West Indies 498, just too shy of Ethan Krabs's, uh prediction last night of 500. Um, and, well, as I as I mentioned at the start, it was... Really a repeat of their first innings um, with Tajanarina and Craig Brathwaite uh, going even better actually in the first innings, becoming the first opening partnership since 2012 um, to score 100 runs on Australian soil um, as, a, as a visiting side. So, um, yeah, a good stat for the, for the West Indies there. Um, but in the end, um, Stark was peppering away. He was hitting, hitting that length nicely um, and in the end got Tajanarine um and really almost exposed him a little bit in a way it was a pretty poor shot he ended up with he looked completely out of control trying to sort of push one off the off the back foot and then a little bit of discussion I know it's very early and very harsh when he's scored a, a 50 and a 45 but a bit of discussion that potentially as a slight weakness um in his technique this you know, I, I admit I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to cricket. So I like batsmen that are still, I rarely find these big triggers work. I find when you have more moving parts, if you make a mistake and you're out of form, it's a lot harder to get back into form. This was a critique labeled pretty much every single innings Rory Burns ever played in his England career. It is when you get slightly out of shape because of just the amount of things that have to be timed well in that technique. It became very hard for him to do things. My concern with Chanderpaul is that could be a problem that afflicts him down the line, particularly on wickets with more lavish movement. But I'll give him credit. He has actually scored runs this test. I don't think a 50 and a 45 can really be said as a failure. He certainly had a promising start. But I do think there are some times where he will come unstuck with that technique. I know his father, of course, did it especially well, averaged 50-odd, scored 10,000 runs. I don't think Taj Narayan, or however you say it, will be as good as his father, but you never know. My reaction is, and this is something I think I called out while watching it earlier in the day, was he does have a tendency to play across the ball a bit more than I'd like. I think... It is something natural of a lot of left-handers, but he does, particularly with his cover drives, he seems to not always present the full face. And I think we saw that actually with his dismissal. But I'll I'll give him some leeway. This was his debut test. He did hit almost 100 runs in his first test against a pretty accomplished Australian side in conditions foreign to him. So he'll be fine. I think he could be a fine for them, but I do think there will be periods where when he loses form, he struggles a lot for runs for a prolonged period. Yeah, it's quite funny with all the, a lot of the talk for this test has been Steve Smith's move to be more side on with the ball. Um, And then you've got Chanderpool, who is 
very front on almost facing um the bowler so uh it's a bit unfortunate for him because that that sort of contrast in how well yeah. smith has has played uh, yeah it sort of no. puts it into focus a bit more uh but another batsman who has very much uh performed in foreign conditions today uh was craig brathwaite not out on 101 overnight uh and really i thought a, a very very good innings um he sort of uh, soaked up pressure at the start, um, but then in the end did some beautiful checked drives. Uh, that seemed to be his, his shot um, and really just looked very solid against um, anything that the Australians uh, threw at him. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, that's that's kind of how I viewed Brathwaite for a long time, is he goes through peaks and troughs, as does every opening batsman. But I do like his attitude to cricket. He's that old style sit in wear off the new ball and then cash in and i think we saw that quite well today i must admit with a strike rate of over 60 that was an uncharacteristically aggressive innings from a craig brathwaite perspective but i think with the pressure largely off chasing 500 he's played that pretty well it is as i think we have to admit a fairly placid wicket but credit to him. He's worked out how to exploit it. And as you said, some of those drives later in the day were some of the most impressive shots I've seen all game. Whether he can carry that on long term and start scoring regular tums, I don't know. I've always thought he was a much better batsman than his figures suggest. I believe he only averages high 20s or low 30s in his career. Yeah. But it was an accomplished knock and long may it continue. Yeah, 34 from 79 matches, um, his averages. So, yeah, but looking at how he batted today, you would not think that there is stats. I think he does average about, I think it could be 81 um, this year, I, I think. Wow, so yeah. he's perhaps having a bit of a, a late uh, career um, flurry with, with, with the bat. Uh, but anyway, very good performance uh, by him today. From Australia's perspective, uh, there were perhaps a, a few little signs of uh, the struggles that we just always seem to have um, in bowling in the fourth innings of a test match. Uh, there was a, a dropped catch by Mitchell Stark off Cam Green. Um, but actually, for the most part, I don't know about you, I thought we actually bowled pretty well. Hazelwood in particular has been incredibly unlucky this whole test match. He was bowling absolutely beautifully, moving it both ways, um, but still hasn't got any uh, success um, at all uh, and Lyon with picking up two wickets it, it looks like tomorrow um, he'll he will be the one um, to go through it uh, what do you think yeah look, I, I think and I know I've said this a couple times already but I will say it again this isn't a pitch that suits bowling <laughs> you hit pretty much 600 for four in the first innings you hit two for 200 essentially in the second the windies are three for 200 in their second innings so bar that one innings where the windies got bundled out for 280 this has been a very batting friendly wicket so i don't i don't think you should expect despite the quality of australian bowling attack them to be able to just roll through this side the windies while they're clearly not as well resourced and as good of a side as the australians they do have a reasonable amount of fight behind them. So they are doing their job. And I think with that in mind, it's going to be tough for Australia to just bundle them out as swiftly as they may have hoped. 
Will they win? Yes. Will they do enough? Yes. And I actually think they have bowled pretty well, considering the conditions. As you said, I think Hazelwood went quite unlucky for long phases. But they got their reward with the three wickets somewhat late in the day. So I, I, I think they'll manage to get them all out for 300-odd tomorrow and wrap up the game. It's not been a world-class bowling performance by any means, but it's been as good enough for the purposes that they're playing. And I think they've all outperformed their respective opposition in the WI seam attack. Yeah, Mitch Stark becoming, um, I think, maybe the third player or something to dismiss, dismiss uh, both uh, a father and a son um in in his career so uh a nice little stat that's a, a very a vast ship stat that one i think yeah i hadn't um, heard that i quite like it <laughs> one for the real diehard fans but um yeah i i think i probably agree you wouldn't think they would go too much longer tomorrow um we saw that their middle water um well you know it, it's nowhere near as strong as their two openers um but it'll be interesting to see and maybe uh i've seen a couple of things maybe it'll be a chance for nathan lyon to once and for all, silence all his uh, doubters, uh, which I think you might class yourself as, and and de- yes, deliver, <laughs> a, you know, eight or nine wicket haul in the fourth innings of a match or something. Yeah, that that's that won't happen. Well, I, I to be fair to Nathan Lyon, I do actually think he's a good cricketer. I have nothing against him as a cricketer. I think he's as good as anyone in world cricket at holding an end. When it comes to finishing teams off in the fourth innings, I just don't think that's his skill set. He's a top spin bowler for Australian wickets that can build pressure and allow whoever he's bowling with to tear through the opposition. That doesn't necessarily suit itself to that Asian style of spinner that can come in and essentially lead a side and take all the wickets. Does that mean he's not a good bowler? No, he's an excellent bowler for the purposes he's there for. I just don't think that purpose is rolling through a side in the fourth innings, and therefore he doesn't do it all too regularly. But you never know. I wouldn't be shocked if he took a five for tomorrow. Will it be a remarkable bowling performance of him? No, but when is it? It's solid. It'll be solid. It'll be dependable, and people will forget about it within a week. And that's exactly why Nathan Lyon is there. And that's not a good, that's not a bad thing, I don't think. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm predicting he'll get four or five tomorrow in a rather forgettable bowling performance. Well, I I, I would predict him to to tear through him, but I, I had one prediction come good with Craig Brathwaite making a century. <laughs> so I, I'll, I might leave it on that. I'll retire on a high, I think, with my predictions. So anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I think better get some sleep now. Of course, we've got the, the big Australia-Argentina match at 6am tomorrow. So will you be getting up for that one, Pearson? I will certainly try. Whether I manage is another question, but I will try. Yeah, very good. I, yeah, I think we're, I'm in discussions of whether I'll be going down to Amy Park or Fed Square in the morning uh, to watch it. Oh, jeez, so okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah that'll be anyway. an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Canberra doesn't do that level of celebration for sport, unfortunately, but no, I well, do quite I'm not like sure. the atmosphere at Fed I'm not, Square. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll be much of a celebration tomorrow, to be honest, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident, but you never know. Australia's the type of team just in it's the type of country generally that turns up to events so maybe they'll overperform we'll find out yeah plenty to look forward to but um for now goodbye pearson goodbye everyone thank you for listening we'll see you next time